Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from the 85th Psalm, verses 3 through 13, and from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. Our preacher this morning is Allie Utley, and her sermon is titled, Bearing God's Silence. As part of 7th Avenue's commitment to speak up and act for racial justice, we are receiving a special offering to support two local organizations, The Hidden Project and Radical Monarchs. Our goal is to reach $2,000 by the end of August. For details, see the announcements. As we continue to gather and hold worship services virtually, here are a few highlights on upcoming offerings. First, some exciting news. Our organ has been successfully restored and reinstalled. The tuners are just allowing it to settle back into the sanctuary so that the pipes can get used to their environment once more. And once that happens, Luba, our director of liturgical music, is looking forward to adding its sounds to our worship services. A reminder, at 8 p.m. on the second Thursday of each month, there will be a small group gatherings via Zoom, so we invite you to put this Thursday, August 13th, on your calendar. Next Sunday, August 16th, we will be ordaining and installing our incoming ruling elders serving on Leadership Council. To facilitate that happening, we'll be, we will be having worship live on Zoom at 10 a.m. that day, and we hope you will join us. At 7.30 on the third Wednesday of each month, we will have a Taze and Eucharist service via Zoom, so we also invite you to put Wednesday, August 19th on your calendar. Before our complete announcements, click the related hyperlink in your email. And now, in preparation to worship, you are invited to quiet yourself, becoming still, as you prepare to worship God. As a deer longs for flowing streams, we long for you, O God. God shows up wherever we are, but not where we expect. We look to earthquakes, wind, and fire. And God appears in the sheer silence of a small voice. You are always on the move, calling us to justice, calling us home. Let us worship God. Yes. yes. Alleluia. Amen. Amen.
pray. Breath of our breath, heart of our heart, we are grateful that in every moment of our lives, your presence surrounds us and sustains us. We confess that there are times that we attempt to go it alone, forgetting your faithfulness. Forgive us for these times and guide us into an ever-expanding awareness of your expansive love. Now in silence, we continue our prayers to you. In Jesus Christ, God knows and receives us as we are. Listen, give thanks, and live. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. A reading from the 85th Psalm, beginning with the 8th verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God of hope, soothe our hearts and minds that we might be open to hear your word for us this day. Amen. Let me hear what God, the Holy One, will speak. For God will speak peace to the people, to the faithful, to those who turn to God in their hearts. Surely God's salvation is at hand for those who fear the Holy One that God's glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. God will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before the Holy One and will make a path for God's steps. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
from 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning with the ninth verse. Listen for the word of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of God came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for Yahweh, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before Yahweh, who was about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before God, but God was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but God was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for Yahweh, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then God said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshai, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abemahola, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Here ends the reading. A great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces. But God was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But God was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. How unsettling that must have been the sound of sheer silence. A bit of an oxymoron, the sound of silence. By definition, silence is the absence of sound. But when or where do we experience the absence of sound? In our homes, 
The woods creak and appliances hum. Outside, the wind rustles, birds chirp, animals creep, reptiles slither. I suppose a person might be silent by abstaining from speech, but the heart still beats and breath still moves. The sound of sheer silence. I think the sound of silence has an energy, an intensity to it. Think of the places you've experienced silence. Imagine the tragic and unexpected death of a beloved young man. The whole church shows up for the funeral and people are gathered in the sanctuary. The stillness of the space, a dense, quiet energy binds the grieving body together. The priest processes down the aisle and speaks these words. He says, I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Whoever has faith in me shall have life even though he die. And everyone who has life and has committed himself to me in faith shall not die forever. These words in the liturgy floating on a sea of silence. Or imagine a room full of energetic young children. The teacher wants them to be still, to be quiet. They persist in their enjoyment and their loudness. And the teacher loses her cool, yells, admonishes the kids for not listening. And now everyone is silent. The energy of the room persists. It's still there, though it is different now. The sound of silence, intense, unsettling. I wonder if Elijah would have preferred to meet God in the wind, earthquake, or fire. It seems that might have at least been more familiar to this prophet of the Hebrew Bible. Elijah is used to God showing up in big ways. Elijah comes into the biblical story at a time when the land of Israel is divided into two kingdoms, northern and southern. The latter, under the leadership of King Ahab, is experiencing an extreme drought. And even though Ahab is king, the real ruler of the land is his wife, Jezebel. And the story we read in 1 Kings is a showdown between Elijah and Jezebel, a showdown between Baal, the god of the Phoenicians, and the god of Israel. In this story, God shows up for Elijah in a lot of ways. At the beginning of the story, God speaks to Elijah. He tells him where to go to weather this drought and famine. God continues to show up, providing food for Elijah and for the people that help him. Through Elijah, God shows up by reviving a widow's son. And in the biggest, most dramatic way yet, God shows up for Elijah at the top of Mount Carmel. This may be a part of the story you're familiar with, 
At the top of the mountain, masses of people have gathered, including Jezebel and 850 prophets of Baal. Elijah, all alone, asked the crowd, How long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow the Lord. But if Baal, then follow him. The people don't answer. And Elijah comes up with a plan. He says, let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. It is a scene fit for the big screen. Elijah, through this fire, proves that the God of Israel is the one true God. His ritual sacrifice goes up in flames. The drought ends. The famine ends. The people fall down to worship, saying, The Lord indeed is God. Elijah kills the remaining prophets of Baal. And Jezebel is mad. She threatens to kill Elijah. And once again, he flees, sits under a tree, Ask God to let him die. Instead of granting this morbid wish, God gives Elijah some snacks and sends him on another journey. And this is where our reading from today picks up. Elijah is perhaps at the lowest point in his ministry. And God asks him, what are you doing here? He gives a pretty sad answer. You know, he says he's the only person left doing the work of God. He certainly seems weary of fleeing for his life. So God tells Elijah to stand on the mountain, and there God promises to show up. Not in the wind, not in the earthquake, not in the fire this time, but in the sound of sheer silence. At this low point of Elijah's ministry, feeling alone, wishing he were dead, I imagine he was ready for some fireworks. Show up, God. Make some noise. Make things right. We need you. Show us in a big way that you are here. But instead sheer silence. But Elijah knew that this was his cue to get up and go out. The silence stirs him in some way. I suspect it was unsettling. And I think God was in the silence. I think sometimes God falls silent so that we have an opportunity to be heard. Nell Morton was a theologian and civil rights leader who wrote a bit about silence. She describes 
what it is, what it means to be heard to speech. As is often true, a story best captures the meaning of this concept of being heard to speech. Morton tells of a small workshop she conducted in Illinois. Toward the end of their time together, a woman who had been reserved and quiet before began to share her pain. As words emerged from the depths of her body and her pain became visible, other women gathered around her and sat with her in silence. As she finished speaking, she said to the group, You heard me. You heard me all the way. I have a strange feeling you heard me before I started. You heard me to my own story. You heard me to my own speech. God hears Elijah to speech. God hears us to speech. And I think it can be unsettling, especially if we, like Elijah, are at a low point in our lives, in our work, in our relationships, feeling like we are alone, feeling tired, feeling overwhelmed. When we want desperately to hear a word from God or to see God at work in our lives, we instead find ourselves enveloped in the sheer sound of silence. It can be unsettling. But if God is hearing us to speech, maybe the sound of silence is also intimate and empowering. After the silence, a voice asks Elijah again, Elijah, what are you doing here? He gives the exact same answer as before. I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, throw down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. It's the same answer as before, but the response is different this time. God directs Elijah to move forward in his ministry, and Elijah is willing. Elijah met God in the sheer silence, and it transformed him, allowed him to move forward. Silence. Unsettling. Intense. Intimate. Empowering. Transformative. We believe in God, who meets us in wind, earthquakes, fire, and silence. We believe in Christ, who gathers us into community, to be about transforming our lives and world. 
We believe in Holy Spirit, whose glimpses of presence are all around us. This we believe. Amen. to God's invitation, let us offer our prayers. Loving God, you hold the world and us in your hands. In a time when so much of what we've known is shifting and coming undone, we thank you for the assurance that you are right here with us in every circumstance, entirely faithful. For this, we give you thanks and are bold to ask these things. We pray for healing for a world forever marked by this pandemic, for the loss of life and the loss of livelihoods, for those who are dying without loved ones beside them, for scientists 
and medical professionals who find themselves stretched thin for wise and compassionate leadership on the part of those who govern us. For all of us to remember that we belong to each other and are therefore bound to our neighbors in love. God, in your grace, you hear our prayer. We pray for the healing of our country's racial divide, a strife now freshly revealed, though the rift has always run deep. We long for the day when kindness and truth shall meet, when justice and peace shall kiss, for the racial reckoning of our nation's history, for the lifting up of our black and brown sisters and brothers who bear on their bodies the extraordinary weight of racism, for changes in our institutions and in us to better reflect the beloved community, for the truth to set us all free. God, in your grace, you hear our prayer. We also pray for the community of 7th Avenue, for the concerns we carry for ourselves and others, for imagination and grace to live in these unprecedented times. God, in your grace, you hear our prayer. And now in silence, we voice our own prayers, confident that you hear us. We make this prayer in the name of the Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
when we are at low points, enveloped by unsettling silence. Our charge is to embrace the intimacy of it and let it be a friend of transformation. Receive the benediction. Now may the God of peace give you peace at all times and in all ways. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. Amen.